You are listening to the Moody Girl Podcast with me, Emily Fazer. Throughout this series, we're going to be opening the minds of experts and delving into the world of alternative healing methods. Before we start this episode, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about Cytoplan, a unique science-based supplement company with many years of experience in nutritional science and whose emphasis is on quality of product. My medical herbalist swears by them as they don't use any unnecessary bulking agents. Before I found out about Cytoplan, I was taking up to eight supplements a day, all with bulking agents in them. It was such a relief to find out Cytoplan products are extremely pure. I now use them daily and I would recommend them to anyone looking for quality vitamins and supplements. They have a great range for many different health benefits. So if you'd like to find out more, please follow the link in the bio of this episode and check out Cytoplan. You won't regret it. I've personally had so many different health struggles in my life. Doctor-prescribed medicines have often left me feeling worse and as though they are masking the problem rather than actually addressing the root cause. And this has led me to think outside of the box and find holistic ways to feel better in myself. I'm not professing to be some kind of health guru and I'm definitely not a doctor. Just someone who's trying to explore new ways to feel better and make the most out of life. Today I'm going to be speaking with Ravi Moda, a Wim Hof Method instructor based in London. The Wim Hof Method has gained mainstream popularity recently for its physical and mental health benefits. It combines deep breath work, cold water immersion and commitment to help you connect more deeply to your body. Through the nose, through the mouth. Ravi and I first met through a friend and from there we chatted on the phone about the work he does and whether he'd be interested in coming on the show. We quickly hit it off and seemed to be in similar stages in our lives after questioning the current situations we found ourselves in. It was when I met Ravi in person on his six-hour workshop that I could really see firsthand how much this method means to him and how much it had paved the way for all of the decisions he had made in his life thereafter. Uh, even me being here now, like, completely oversharing, like I would never have done this, but it feels like the right thing to do. And then hopefully I'm only oversharing so that people can maybe relate to these stories. Cause... Ravi and his teaching of the Wim Hof Method broke down the group's insecurities and encouraged everyone to be more open-minded and honest with each other. By the end of the course, we all felt like we'd met new friends. And from my perspective, the overtly loud mind that I went in with seemed much more quiet. This episode is super special to me, and I really hope you enjoy learning more about the positive effects of the Wim Hof Method. So hi, Ravi. Thank you so much for being on the Moody Girl podcast today. Hey, thank you, Emily. Really appreciate you having me. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I kind of... 
again, was introduced to you and your work through a work colleague, actually, um, because you were doing some kind of sessions in Suffolk. um, And then I heard about, you know, another colleague of mine who came to London and did one of your sessions. And so that's kind of what sparked my interest. Um, So I know like right now, um, Wim Hof is very topical there's tv programs on it um everyone seems to have got into wild swimming during the pandemic um so yeah so i mean i kind of wanted to hear a little bit more about how you started wim hof like what made you start wim hof and a little bit more about the backstory leading into that yeah sure um and yeah you're right i think that it's the methods definitely become more prominent uh over the last few years in particular uh, which is great, and uh, we'll get into it, I'm sure, with the massive benefits to cold exposure, to breath work, uh, and kind of combining it with with mindset. Um, really, for me, yeah, how I got into it was, I guess, a little bit through accident and also by recommendation. Um, but if I can maybe just share a little bit of my story, I, you know, grew up in a, a North London-based Asian family, um, which, you know, you basically, as growing up, what were you going to be? You're either going to be a lawyer, a doctor, or a failure. And uh, I actually went down the route initially of wanting to be a surgeon. And so had a, a you know, passion for medicine, or, or I thought I did. Uh, but that quickly changed into economics at university and then into a career in investment banking, which, um, you know, was in the end about 11, 12 years. And I guess my journey through that time was one where I frankly became, maybe a lot of people can relate to this, I became my job. Uh, I became the outputs of my life. Uh, I guess I was performing at life in the way that many people can relate to, again, through good salary, a car, a house, eventually finding a lovely partner. Um, I guess all the, all the nice ticks were happening. Um, but something always in me when I was at work Something wouldn't always compute with just how people behaved uh, at work and then how they behave outside of work and also just their general levels of happiness that I was witnessing. And these people had, in my mind, at least everything, you know, again, just from the holiday homes, the kids growing up um, and what they could afford. And so something never really computed. And it was always this sense of, well, if you want to get ahead in your career, particularly in the bank, something else had to give, uh, something had to be sacrificed. And you saw that with a lot of people around their health, mental health, time with the family. Um, uh, you know, maybe it was just not spending enough quality time on themselves or with the people they loved. All these kind of things were, were happening. Uh, so it was that combined with the fact that, yeah, it become my job. And I just kind of felt that I wasn't happy, but that I wasn't doing anything about it. And I was just going through those steps in life, steps in life all through those years. And it was actually my partner, uh, Paris, who you, who you met recently, um, who really came into my life as almost like a light to kind of pull up the blinds and kind of say, hey, um, you know, you're a great guy, but really like, what are you passionate about? Um, what are you living for? What is your purpose? And she did it in a really, I guess, a very intuitive, intuitive way of kind of leading me and helping me kind of just start to think a little bit about that process. Uh, and that process, you know, took, took many, many, many years of the last eight years that we've been together mm-hmm. um but frankly for the first four four of our relationship I probably did a little bit of work around that but really was still just performing at life thinking that everything would be rosy mm-hmm. uh and it kind of ended in a little bit of a crescendo where we uh, went on a break about four years in so about half a year half into our relationship 
And I was really sat there faced with this conundrum of, well, I don't really know who I am, uh, what I stand for, what my purpose was. Yet the person that I loved the most was telling me that this was, this was something I need to start searching for. Uh, and I'll never forget it. I was at a, um, a launch party for a product and a random, really lovely woman came up to me. And the first thing she said is, hey, tell me about yourself. And the first words that came out of my mouth, I said, oh, I'm, I'm an investment banker. Mm. And then the next two words that came out of my mouth were, or a few words were like, I gotta leave. Because I think the penny dropped at that point, being alone, having just lost the love of my life, mm. who I was or, or who I thought I was or who I wasn't. Yeah. Um, and so that really launched my practice into self-reflection, I guess yeah. self-development from that standpoint. Mm. Uh, and like a lot of people, I went to yoga, meditation, as kind of the, I guess, obvious outlets that you always hear about. Yeah. And they definitely did something. I think it was maybe more for inner balance and alignment for me at that time. But really what really flipped the switch was being introduced to the Wim Hof Method to a friend, uh, a friend's mom actually. Um, and also my, my cousin's uh, husband had been practicing the method for quite a while. Mm. Um, and both these kind of messages came together at the right time, I guess. Wow. And it's been a journey since then because accessing that method and doing it for the first time and an everyday since for the rest of my life has really turbocharged my ability to reconnect with myself more deeply. Mm. That's emotionally, physically, spiritually as well. Mm. Um, and allowed me actually to, and that now that I'm an instructor in it, really find my purpose, my passion, uh, which is also just kind of launched more broadly into uh, the rest of the walks in my life as well. Wow, that's, I mean, just even when you said that question, that's like the same sort of thing happened with me in terms of like, it was, I think it was like a mindset course I did and I interviewed her on another podcast, but it was like, she literally just in the course was like, can you answer this question? Like, who are you? Like, how? what gets you up in the morning? And I was just like, fuck, that's really hard, you know? Like, we go through life, as you say, just like establishing ourselves by our job, through our friends, through what we wear, through, you know, how much money we're bringing in. And, and it's so cool that, like, in that situation, that was when the penny dropped, when that, you know, that question, which is such a simple question. Yeah. You know? And it, but Beautiful it's like, yeah. Yeah. And I said it to Christian, my husband, after I did that course, I was like, you know, who are you? And he was just like, God, that's so much harder than you think it is to answer, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, like, when you started doing Wim Hof, so, you know, you went through all of that transition where you were like confronted with like, who am I? What am I here doing? You know, I'm not doing, you know, I'm not enjoying my work. I'm not kind of, you know, I guess, looking after my health and my soul. How did you kind of come out of that then? Did you quit your job or what were the kind of next steps for you uh, on your journey? So, so two things the method really did for me. The breath work yeah. uh, made me a better stress manager. Mm-hmm. So instead of letting everyday stress rule my life, whether that be a simple things from you know, being late for work, you know, no hot water to the, to the commute, so then you know your boss stressing you out, etc. Yeah, it gave me that ability to build a bubble around myself so that mm-hmm. when those things happen, I still felt in control. Yeah. And then the second piece was from the cold, was more energy. Mm. And so the combination of better stress management and more energy, for me at least, led to better decisions. Mm-hmm. So from a career standpoint, 
actually still stuck in the role for, I guess, in the end, a couple more years. Yeah. But I was able to launch again into the more harder discussions, Mm -hmm. harder topics that I wasn't really facing at work, what I was happy about, what I wasn't. Mm -hmm. On the energetic side, Aji started to put more energy into the things I was really into, mm-hmm. as opposed to just the stuff that I'd been doing prior or the thought that the stuff that I thought would help me maybe in my career. Yeah. I started now focusing more on the practices that would help me. And that was from sports to hanging out with new people to more learning, more reading, mm-hmm. traveling, yeah. all, all the pieces that I'd neglected. Um to the point where also I changed my roles eventually within the bank and then also moved outside of investment banking to um, the investor side, so the kind of the other side of investment banking. Yeah. Um, COVID then hit as well, which was a really nice, and I, you know, you probably talked to this, but with a lot of people, it yeah. was a nice pause in many ways. Mm. Uh, as much as, you know, it was a massive traumatic event for everybody. Um, I think there was some respite and some point of reflection that that again really helped to kind of then you know change your direction maybe or again just focusing on the things that you were maybe neglecting or, or making excuses for so that that was another I guess blessing it's kind of quite it was quite confronting wasn't it um yeah. and like I think it either went one of two ways I think for a lot of people and I think you know if you if you were lucky enough to be furloughed I think obviously the people that are self-employed kind of that that hit them the hardest but yeah I totally agree that was kind of when I started my whole healing journey as well also mm. what you mentioned as well I think that's like really realistic like a lot of these conversations I'm having with people I feel like it can maybe come across like quit your job move to a different country like be free but that's just like not reality and the reality is like I'm working a day job you know Monday to Friday and then I I do my kind of healing stuff on the side and and as you say I've like reviewed other points in my life which weren't kind of working for me anymore so you know I've made a lot of new friends I'm trying out a lot of new things for example your Wim Hof workshop the other week which we'll go into in more detail soon so yeah so I think that's that's the kind of message I think it's important for us to kind of relay to the audience is you know if you are in you know a bad point in your life right now and maybe work's not great for you you know we're we're not kind of saying you need to quit you need to do this you need to do all of the things at the end of the day we all need to pay pay the bills we need to pay rent we need to pay mortgages whatever but yeah try and find more things in your life that like enrich your soul like if you don't feel like the people that you're surrounding yourself with are understanding the language that you're speaking you know not literally but like emotionally and spiritually then that's like a big kind of telltale sign and like a red flag like okay things need to be changing and these things are confronting you for a reason and like I think that's really uh, to be honest I think it's cool that you're like yeah I stayed in my job for two years but I handled it in a way different way and like yeah I think that's that's really interesting no it's a really good point I think me, me and Paris talk about it a lot. It's, it's, it's all about the one percenters. Yes. And not everybody can go from that naught to 100. Maybe you can, and the, mm. the situations and terms just worked out for you. Yeah. Um, but the, and it will get into the method, but the method, one of the core principles of it is you being in control. Yeah. And you trusting that process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that, that really spilled over into everyday life, mm-hmm. which is that like, if you can make these small impact changes, Things that, yeah, maybe bring you happiness, ultimately maybe inner peace. To your point, maybe it's better conversations. 
like these things all, all, all add up. And then when you are faced with things that may be a bit more negative, at least you have a bit more perspective. Yeah. I think, yeah, for a lot of people out there, the first step is definitely that self-awareness mm-hmm. uh, to just be able to say, hey, maybe this isn't the position I want to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second step is obviously, hey, what do you want to do about that? Which is, which is equally as tough. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. I think it's just like actually taking action. I think for a while that was like, I remember speaking with some of my friends about, you know, some creative, creative like projects that I wanted to start. And they were like, just do it. You know, they were artists. Now like, just do it, you know, just get up and do it. And I was like, yeah, but yeah, but, you know, and there's, there's so many buts and ifs and, you know, it's like you're self-sabotaging without even realizing it. And I think that's just like, just because you're not quite there yet um, emotionally to, to kind of move on to that next kind of stage. So, um, but yeah, let's go into the Wim Hof method more. So um, can you give us like the core, like fundamental parts of the Wim Hof method um, and how you kind of, I mean, obviously we did it the other day in the course, but explain it. So if we were going to come, if the audience were going to come to one of your workshops, yep. how, how does the day look for, um, for the guests and for you? Sure. Yeah. So um, the Wim Hof method at its core is a more is a natural path to a more optimal state of mind and body. So what does that actually mean? Uh, It uses three pillars. So we use breath work, cold exposure and mindset commitment training. And we use them as what we call acute stressors. So an acute stressor is the right sized amount of stress in the right moment, which induces an outsized biochemical response from your body. So by going to these active stresses and acute stresses, you're then able to deal with kind of everyday stresses, you know, in a much better way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really nicely framed actually through the principle of hormesis. So hormesis, if you think about our ancestors going way back, um, they were more subject to natural stresses. So more extreme heat, more extreme cold, um, more survival of the fittest type situations, right? Like where they're going to be eaten by that large animal, mm-hmm. they eat that fungi. Yeah. Constantly the body's receptors were being turned on and having to be faced by these stresses, whether it be literal physical stresses of heat and cold yeah. or psychological uh, neurological stresses uh, from food and, and animals. And then we had massive industrialization, massive techno- uh, modern technology change, which has been brilliant for us all. I think we can all agree, from a, particularly from a connection standpoint, from ease. Yeah. Um, but at the same point, you can pretty, I think, argue pretty strongly that it's made us also numb and a little bit weaker because a lot of those receptors get turned off through the fact that you know, now food is readily available, it's cooked in a different way. We have different stresses on our life now. So it's more the work-life balance stresses, um, you know, the the monetary stresses that we have, just the speed at which we all live. Mm. Um, And then the one I always like to to use in workshops is, you know, and appreciate today we're filming when it's, you know, 29, 30 degrees, but say we're in December and and it's zero degrees. You, know, you and I could actually probably not experience the true temperature in a meaningful way if we wanted to, because your beautiful home will be heated. Maybe you go to work in a, in your heated car, your office then has a certain temperature and then you come home again. Yeah. And so if you think about that, if we've been doing that for the last 30 years of our life, those receptors that were there with our ancestors that and they're still within us 
just get more and more numb, more and more turned off. And so the body's not being able to adapt and build back stronger from these adaptive stresses that mm -hmm. it otherwise would. Yeah. And then the other concept, and I don't know if you had this growing up, but you know, you would never go outside in the cold, not wearing much, right? You'd have layers and layers. And if you didn't yeah. you'd catch a cold, right? That was what yeah. we were told. Yeah. Whereas it's the complete opposite actually with how the body's trying to work. So, um, you know, if you come to a workshop, we really try and dive deeper into using these acute stresses. And, you know, this is a, I guess you'd call it long or short, but it's a six hour period a workshop where we would take you through in particular the science of breath the science behind this method and we can come back to breath uh, more broadly just around you know how we functionally breathe every day and some of the issues with that um, we take you through the science uh, the method and then also an active breathwork session so deep diaphragmatic Wim Hof style breathing mm. um, followed by mindset application through yoga exercises through poses through influencing your blood flow in the body and then culminating in the cold exposure which in this case is a two-minute ice bath mm -hmm. completely optional yeah. by that point um, <laughs> you can also grab cold exposure in so many different ways right like just wearing less layers maybe dipping your feet in ice um, and so it's a real journey for participants but really what it boils down to is if you can go to these active stresses of breath and cold, ultimately you come out of your mind more into your body mm. and you reconnect more deeply with yourself. Yeah. And through more deeply connecting with yourself, you connect with others. And ultimately we can all then connect with mother nature um, and use On mother nature to our benefit. I mean, even from first hand, I can, I can say like from when everyone sat down in that kind of like um, entrance way in that yoga studio, and everyone's a bit like polite, like, hi, yep, here, yep, oh, nice to meet you. And then, you know, everyone's voices are quite like timid and shy. Yep. And then like starts out and you're like, right, everyone, you know, just let's go around the circle and say a little something. Um, everyone was really hesitant to, yeah. to kind of say something. And then it was still kind of nicey-nicey. And then after, it was literally after the first group breathing session, the light switch had changed for like every single participant. And everyone was just like, oh my God, that was amazing. And then they were like, just so much more tactile with each other. People were like hugging. And it was, it was like yeah. all that, those kind of like social boundaries that we've kind of got ingrained within our like belief systems and the way that we've been, we've been brought up in our lives, especially in the British culture as well. It just, it was just so awkward naturally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like shut us down, but like quite quickly I was just like oh my god I, I could totally like hang out with these people on a night out now and like I feel like I really kind of got to know everyone and yeah so it, it really did work and it was like all of us like so I brought a friend with me who is kind of you know she's not I'd say like super spiritual or anything mm -hmm. like that but that's why I thought it'd be interesting to bring her and see how she re responded to it um yeah. And she responded so well. She was just like, by the end of it, yeah. she just absolutely loved it. And, and I was so shocked that she got in the ice bath. And it yeah. just goes to show you, like, it's really for everyone. And the preparation that you did, it was like major props to you for like all of the preparation because everyone who got in the ice bath was composed. There was no screaming. Yeah. Not one person screamed. Um, and people everyone were like... 
Yeah, everyone was in control of their thoughts. But at the beginning of the day, like, I don't know if you remember, but my friend, you were like, this isn't competitive or anything, but we're going to try hold our breath for like, you know, just a few, just, just a little bit. And she yeah. held it for like 10 seconds and was like, oh God, I've had enough. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. I can do. By yeah. the end of it, she was holding it for like two minutes and it was all, yeah. all because she was kind of practicing. So I know yeah. that we started on you kind of talking about um, we're like a nation of shallow breathers. Can you kind of like expand into that a little bit more? Yeah, totally. Um, so we, I guess we're a nation of shallow breathers or, or more globally. Yeah. But also we tend to over breathe mm. um, as well. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, we breathe on average 20 to 25,000 times a day. Wow. And I don't know about you and your listeners, but like we're never taught how to breathe. You, know, you were taught subjects, you know, you were taught manners, you were taught whatever it was, how to drive, but like the actual automatic system of breathing didn't really take note of. Mm. But if you think back to yoga practices, meditation practices, like yoga is only really, like yoga in terms of what we know, I guess, new age yoga in terms of movement and form and holds is only really a hundred years. Whereas prior to that, yoga was just breath. Wow. Different wow. ways of breathing. I didn't yeah. know that. That's, that's so interesting. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, through the different breath, obviously with yoga, you would move your body in certain ways. You would, there would be flow. And so the new age yoga has kind of brought that a little bit more, more dynamic, which is, which is, and it's massive benefits as we all know. Yeah. Um, but going back to, yeah, shallow breathing and over breathing, mm-hmm. most of us will, you can try this at home. You know, if you put one hand on your chest, one hand on your belly and you take in a nice inhale through your nose you may feel one of the hands rise more than the other and for a lot of people it is that top hand yeah that's for me it is yeah and you know we call that shallow breathing or you know high lung breathing because the the depth of oxygen isn't getting to the base of the lungs and through the diaphragm um and really if you think about what stress is Stress could be could come in the form of anything. So somebody yelling at you, swearing at you, you know, did you know, like a look of someone, you know, a bad memory, whatever it was you're faced with, somebody beeping at you. But ultimately, what that translates into how you're reacting, how you're feeling, is just biological inside, and what that does on the cellular level. And breath is a massive signaler to the body of how you want to be feeling. So the body has um the nervous system which is essentially electrical pulses that dictate how you move how you how you feel um how the body reacts to things and there's an autonomic side of it breath breath is included in that and there's also a more uh voluntary function kind of the somatic side so if you move your muscles etc and a lot of the autonomic processes have been shown through the method can be influenced so they're not as automatic as we thought but if you think about breath and that automatic or autonomic nervous system, uh, people would have heard of parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems. And the sympathetic nervous system is that fight or flight mode, mm. the way you're faced with, you know, we'll use the old example of, you know, a bull chasing you or a lion. Mm-hmm. And then you have the parasympathetic mode, which is the rest and digest. And that shallow breathing that we've just kind of demonstrated. Mm. Um, is at a biological level and a cellular level a 
translation to a message to your body that fight or flight mode needs yeah. to be engaged. And so if you think about that on a prolonged basis, you know, being in that state for a prolonged basis isn't natural. Mm. Uh, you really kick into that state when you need to and when your body gets optimized, whether that be through massive adrenaline rushes, uh, pupils dilating, less digestion in the, in the stomach, more blood flow to the body. People tend to feel when they're in that mode, they just act on instinct. Yeah. And that's really the signal that this shallow breath is doing. So you can see what that could do to the body over time in wow. terms of it being turned on just how you wouldn't want your car engine revved up all the time yeah you, know, you want to keep it in that steady state and you know rev it when you need to get you know somewhere something you need to do mm. it's kind of like that with the body as well um, and I, does it raise your so i mean i'm i'm not super sciencey gotta say but in terms of like does it when you're in when you are shallow breathing all the time does that raise your cortisol is that like one side effect as well yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what I keep hearing. Like raised cortisol is like a huge um, issue in like modern day society now for a lot of chronic health conditions. Um, I know on the um, course you mentioned about like how people with autoimmune disorders, um, you know, it's really helpful doing, you know, uh, cold water immersion. For me, I have um, psoriasis. So it's like it is an autoimmune condition, not, you know, on the kind of super bad scale at the moment Mm -hmm. but you know it's I'm still quite young so I'm always quite you know aware that you know one autoimmune condition can lead to another um so I mean I swear was there like an example um of like certain autoimmune conditions that you know you've heard about or that have been affected in positive ways yeah uh countless countless I mean like miracle examples okay um so if you think about autoimmune you know autoimmune comes from chronic inflammation ultimately right in the body yeah um and so how can this method help that it's by cutting that inflammation so the body's in a more alkaline state so that you know it can regenerate and then just be in a better state for your body to be operating in yeah um so yeah to, you know a few examples uh that i've read about and i've also seen women talk about live um this is kind of funny but so one of the instructors who, who was leading my instructor course um, in January in Poland uh, was now a lead instructor for the last kind of 10, 12 years. And he rocked up to that same academy as a kind of uh, level one instructor, like somebody just taking the course 10 years back. Uh, and just prior to that, he, he'd been there before in a wheelchair. What? So he rocked up for a week in a wheelchair to have a week with Wim and, and just other strangers. And in true Wim Hof fashion, for any of your listeners that know him, you know, he, by the way, Wim comes across as, um, you know, I guess if you look to me, you think he's a Viking. Yeah. Viking type vibe, like yeah. strong, manly, warrior, like that's it. But really what, he, what he's about is about love, is about compassion, uh, is about honesty and just, just opening up. So he brings a really cool, feminine masculine dynamic and I think really rewriting what what mask what a man is and you know we can get to it separately but the the misnomers around what masculine energy it really is yeah um sorry I give that context because when he rocked up the the, the guy in the wheelchair uh the first words that Wim said were hey man fuck the wheelchair (laughs) and his his guys came around they're like hey man he didn't mean that like you know 
just ignore that but you know what but what he was actually trying to say was look we're going to take you through a process that's going to heal this mm. and i know exactly why because this is a science-based evidence-proof method wow yes it's spiritual as well but it's ultimately science foundation based and what he's what he's him and him and other studies have shown in in, in medical in the medical world so through breath what happens when you do deep diaphragmatic breath work that goes deeper into the lungs, assimilates more oxygen into the body and gets more carbon dioxide out through every out breath is that you raise alkalinity in the body because mm-hmm. carbon dioxide is ultimately uh, acidic. So the more you can get out, the more your blood alkalinity rises. And also because you're, um, because you are simulating a fight or flight response to your body by doing this kind of active breathing, even though you're just kind of sitting in a, lying in a workshop like you were, yeah. you have a massive raised level of adrenaline, which in turn cuts cortisol levels and which in turn also cuts inflammation and the receptors that are normally turned on to promote inflammation in the body that would have been just running riot. Wow. So if you cut inflammation in the body, you've raised the alkalinity, it's just being in a more optimal state. Like think of that car example again, it's just a, becoming a w- more well-oiled machine that's just going to run nicely. You combine that with the cold exposure, which is what this guy did over a week. Again, cold, massive adrenaline hit, massive dopamine hit, massive reduction in inflammation. It is ultimately anti-inflammatory because it works with certain parts of the nervous system to stop the uh, I guess the automatic way that they would respond. And so by cutting inflammation, raising alkalinity, bring that optimal state, lo and behold, the guy after five days was out of a wheelchair. What? So what yeah. what was he what was his condition in the first Sorry, yeah. yeah. His underlying uh, condition was Lyme disease. Wow. So a typical autoimmune condition. Yeah. Um and so, you know, what the, and I'm not saying that this is miracle cure by any means for yeah. everybody. And you know, everybody's different. Yeah. Yeah. But from what we've seen, the studies, the evidence, either people are completely rid of their underlying autoimmune and, and disease. Yeah. Or with the case of another guy who had MS, 75% of his day was normal. Wow. As opposed to just being bed bound or not being energetic or not being able to do anything for most of the day. He was now active for 15, 16 hours. And then, yeah, he would suffer. But it's a completely different you know way of life and quality of life that can be Mm. promoted Mm. through doing this practice but what i will say it's not like taking a pill yeah so we know why doesn't everybody do deep breath work and why doesn't everybody grab a cold shower and ice bath because it's fucking hard work (laughs) and we'll come to that in terms of the mindset as well right but yeah when you i think and that was another thing that dropped for me penny dropping where we talked about the you know what did you want to change in your life Mm -hmm. It's equally as hard work, I think, in my mind, to be unhealthy as it is healthy. Yes. So which one am I going to pick? Yeah, that's so, so, so true. And you flip it on its head like that. Before we carry on with the rest of the episode, I just wanted to talk to you about CBD. Since the use of CBD has been legalized in the UK, I've always been super interested in its benefits and how it can help to alleviate anxiety, depression, and assist with better sleep. I found that incorporating CB2 into my self-care rituals has given me the extra relaxation I need after a long and stressful day to bring me out of my head and back to my body. 
I use CB2's day and night beginner set that features a range of CBD oils in medium and high strength to help you find the perfect level for you. This is accompanied by CBD infused gummies, perfect for life on the go. I found after using CB2's CBD, I sleep like a log and feel really rested in the morning. If you'd like to try out CBD for yourself, follow the link in the description of this episode and use the code EMILY50 for a 50% discount off of CB2's day and night beginner set. Right, let's get back to the episode. Christian yeah. and I were literally having this discussion because we were like, I'm going to be honest with you. So it's been two weeks since we did the course. Yeah. Not going to lie, I haven't had a cold shower apart sure. from today because I knew I was having to. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, okay, great. That was really awesome. Had the best day of my life. But I'm just going to like close that little door and just go sure. on my little life. But this was something that we were discussing. So I was kind of like putting together some questions and I was just like thinking about what I wanted to talk with you about. And then Christian was like, how can you ask Ravi, how does he motivate himself every day to get in the shower and, you know, and say you're, you're late and you've, you've got to do this breath work and then you get in the shower. And, you know, you told us on the course, you were like, it's not easy to do this breath work. It's actually, it's, it's a, it's a workout. It's like yeah. a breath workout. And so it's really full on. Like, can you give anyone who's listening and me um, any tips to kind of keep motivated for that? Yeah, no, it's a really good question from you guys because, you know, it's not as if I just was doing this day one and was doing it every day, like it took yeah. time. Yeah. Um, you know, what I would say is, you know, I guess with anything, once you start to see a tangible benefit in it or something else, you know, usually your mind starts to kind of form a more habit creation around it, right? And you want to do it. Yeah. But if you think about, if you think, okay, so we stick back to like actually being in bed, which yeah. is like, you know, most people are in bed and then they get up. You know, number one's biggest problem is why do you want to get out of bed? And it isn't because you want to take a cold shower or like go downstairs and do some breath work. But you can do the breath work from bed. Yeah. So what I started to do was, um, because I was the same, like I didn't really want to get up and do this. Yeah. But to get me out of bed, I would do a countdown timer in my head, like three, two, one, I'm going to get out of bed. There's something in the mind that there's some studies showing around it that that kicks in a response. Mm-hmm. The other nice bit is, is that, you know, the Wim Hof app is great to guide you if you needed somebody to literally guide you through this breathing, work you up through it. Um, but being in bed, I think, is a helpful, is a nice way to start the day. Yeah. Kind of doing something active, but from a, from a leisure standpoint. For the cold and for the cold shower, um, you know, cold shower, ultimately, first thing in the day, you're using willpower. There's yeah. nothing else at that point. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this a little bit in the workshop, but willpower is a finite resource that we each have, you know, a certain amount of each day. Yeah. And they get dwindled during the day, doing different tasks, different conversations, stuff we want to do, stuff we don't want to do. So then it's about asking yourself, what do you want to use the willpower on? Mm-hmm. As opposed to what do you not want to use it on? And turning that cold shower or just getting into it, even to this day, I still have the same thought, hey, I don't want to do this. <laughs> but how do you start doing it? You start by, and this is what I did, I'd have a wonderful hot shower, like as long as I wanted, do all my stuff, get ready, feel good, for exfoliating, shampooing, whatever. Do a whole routine. Yeah. And then right at the end, and start with five seconds, turn it to cold, mm-hmm. and just stand and try and breathe. Yeah. And once you've done that five seconds, 
the next day when you try and do it, you add one second. Okay. And so by the end of the month, you know, you're up to 35, 40 wow. seconds, which is a massive difference, right? But it's yeah. just through those small one percenters like we were talking about, mm. where you build it and build it and build it. And you're changing and rewiring the way your brain patterning is thinking right, about this thing that this active stressor that you want to, that you don't want to do. And I've heard it from so many people who have been doing this hot cold, who then start to see the benefits. And so that whole circle becomes way easier. Mm. Um, but I get starting out is tough. And look, maybe doing it now is easier because yeah, it's, it's warm. It's, yeah, it's probably best to start now. Rather and then than yeah. in the depths of, you know, December, like there, there's so many things. But yeah, it's, it's, it's step by step. And then maybe you can build it to a point where you're just doing cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and also remember, I think cold showers are really effective because they are super attainable, attainable for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, but also if you guys aren't feeling that, try to grab cold exposure in different ways. So instead of wearing like a bunch of layers, just wear the Mm -hmm. t-shirt. You know, maybe go barefoot sometimes. Maybe people look at you funny, but like there's different (laughs) ways to engage that. That's actually really helpful because, I mean, after doing the course, I actually thought I had to do like two minutes solid. So I was just like, (laughs) that was, because obviously that's how we ended it. And so I was like, okay, right, I need to do a two minute shower. Um, But today I kind of had hot and then I went to like lukewarm and then I went to like cold, but not completely all that way. Sure. So it was like cold, but not freezing yet. But I was yeah. just like, I was definitely like, Poof, that's what opened yeah. me up. So, yeah. okay. But that's really helpful. And I think like that advice for listeners out there, because I think it's so unnatural from what we've been brought up with. It's like, have a nice warm bath as a kid. And yeah. then you have a nice warm shower. And I mean, I don't know, most of my female friends all have like the shower, like honestly, just so hot. It's like steaming. Um, So it's so unnatural. But yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. And I appreciate that. Thank you. I'll I'll kind of keep you updated with how I get on that. (laughs) No, no worries. And maybe I should have made it more clear like that. No, no. That's standard. But, (laughs) you know, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's like with everything, it is a bit of work. Yeah, um, and that's all, all good things take yeah, yeah, take a bit of work and and that's that's kind of I guess the charm of it. Like when you get to when you get to kind of seeing those benefits. Um it'll be interesting to see like how that would help my skin actually, because mm. I've like, you know, I've he- pretty much healed myself, but sometimes it does yeah. kind of flare up a little bit on my elbows. So I'll yeah. I'll see whether like doing that daily and whether that does help. It'll be really interesting. Yeah, that that'd be a good test study actually, because yeah, yeah as we say, if you're if you're keeping the acute and more chronic inflammation down which is maybe what's happening in the body at certain times and just I think it is yeah, that's gonna have a you know because diet has an effect stress mm. has an effect etc but this is a really good leveler mm. um and yeah. yeah to your point earlier yeah just around the cortisol levels like you know yeah. because you can cut them through increases in adrenaline levels but what's the real benefit of that all is that you know a lot of people suffer from hormone imbalances mm-hmm. that might be sleep related where melatonin levels aren't right uh, to your point, that might be elevated cortisol levels where the body's always in stress mode and then how you react to things, you know, in an emotional way or a tough. Um, but what you do by going to these stresses and allowing your body to pump up certain hormones, dopamine, noradrenaline, adrenaline, is that ultimately when these things spike, they have to come back down. Mm-hmm. And when they're spiking, cortisol is being cut. And so you end up with this situation where everything is kind of realigned again. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about somebody who can't sleep, they can't sleep because their melatonin levels haven't 
been triggered and risen enough and that might be through blue light from the phone or just being ultra stressed with cortisol but if you grab a cold shower even at night and I know that might sound crazy for a lot of people you raise those adrenaline levels you cut those cortisol levels when the adrenaline comes back down lo and behold there's a really nice base for melatonin to now start rising wow so there's a really nice simple i guess way to just start influencing your body's biochemistry mm. uh, which we can all do yeah um I wanted to ask you as well I think I messaged you about this so my mum's interested in you know trying it out as well and she's been on her own health journey she's recently been diagnosed with celiac disease yeah. high blood pressure lots of kind of chronic health stuff going on there um and she was kind of like reading up and saw that you know certain I don't know is can everyone do it one um you know is, are there any kind of brackets of you know, health conditions or pregnancy or anything like that, that it's not recommended to do it? Yeah. Yeah, no, great, great question. So I guess what we like to preach when we like to say is obviously everybody knows everybody's body's different. Yeah. But ultimately with any of this stuff, and I think this applies in hopefully in every everyday life is, you know, don't force. Yeah. So the method at its core, again, because you're reconnecting with yourself, reconnecting with others, with nature, what does that mean? Or what does that should mean? You should be more in tune with your body. Mm -hmm. uh, and I certainly wasn't very good at this in terms of pushing myself where I shouldn't be going but listening to your body whether that's energy levels listening to it emotionally listening to it physically like what's going on and so you know I think yeah look, we, we talk about this in the workshop but if you're pregnant um, you, know, you probably don't want to be overactive breath work and overactive cold exposure but other than that you know, for people who have underlying conditions, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, there isn't a reason not to do it. Yeah. But because of the solutions that can be found, but at the same time, you know, everybody's different in the sense that it shouldn't be forced to the to the place where, you know, it could be detrimental to your body. Yeah. So if you think about somebody with high blood pressure, why is the method beneficial? Well, when you go in the cold it's a, uh, and you hit a low degrees temperature, it's a massive cardiovascular workout for your mm -hmm. body because blood flow is being influenced and pumped to all the right areas that need to stay warm and functional and away from the areas that aren't as critical. And so by opening up and closing those capillaries, arteries and veins, that ultimately means less pressure, less force for your heart to be doing the work. Because mm. all those millions of muscles that are around all your arteries, veins, capillaries are doing the work and you're allowing them that opportunity to start working more and more efficiently. Mm. So for somebody like, yeah, with, with your mom or other people with, with high blood pressure, for example, there's been a lot of uh, science and case studies done around how just actively going to ice baths or cold exposure has really started to, to help that, that blood pressure drop. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. And I think like, I think you probably like, I don't know, I guess from my mum's case, you reach a certain age and, you know, you start to worry about your health. I mean, you know, both of us are an example as well. When you even start, you know, reach your 30s and you start reevaluating the way that you're living life and the, the toll that's taking on your body. Yeah. So I guess when you, you know, reach, you know, that 60 kind of bracket, you're like, oh, my God, you become fearful of everything. And I think, yeah. you know, something something like an ice bath can seem quite fearful, I guess. I mean, it was scary enough for everyone doing the course when we were like 20s, 30s, you know, maybe 40s. Yeah. I, can I just say as well, for the record, like your ice bath journey was incredible. Oh, thank you. Because I think 
and I'm sorry to digress, but like, yeah, no, thanks. You know, everybody <laughs> has their own journey in the ice, mm. and everybody approaches it differently. Yeah. But I think I think you went second. Yeah. Which, you know, again, isn't maybe isn't it's, you're stepping out of your comfort zone ultimately with all of this stuff. Yeah. But the fact that you stepped up, came in, you actually were pretty controlled. I think, even yeah. though maybe didn't feel it at times, but yeah. <laughs> controlled through the breath, which is a massive signal for the body controlled just through the way you entered and then also your focus and you know the point is if you're in a zero degree ice bath you can't think about anything else that's the only way your mind's going to get you through this and your body's yeah. going to get you through it but what I loved is that you trusted the process mm. um, because you know it can bring a lot of shallow breathing a lot of panic a lot of disorder to the body which is fine and then the body will start to know what it needs to do yeah. but it needs you you know neurologically to allow that to happen mm. and so yeah I think you know even being 30 years old you know to help heal yourself like you came in with a really positive attitude it's still not easy to do what you did yeah you were you know it should give you a lot of confidence I think when you go and grab cold showers or take yeah, your process so further in lakes yeah. rivers whatever it is like you've done that and I think we yeah. talked about in the workshop like if you can do an ice bath you can do anything yeah so true um, yeah so true. I think like from my perspective I'm I get in my head way too much and I'm one of these people like at university I'd like I was recording podcasts then so I like I was really confident in the work that I did and then it was like the time where you had to show it mm. and like if you know, the lecturers would decide like what order you showed it in and I'd, I'd walk in that kind of lecture theater or whatever and be like so confident in my work what I've done and then yeah. like 10 kind of reels down of other people I'd be like doubting everything that I've done and like getting in my own head so kind of in in comparison or like to trans transfer that over to the course I was like if I don't get in now I'm going to get in my head and I'm going to be right. like oh my god I can't do this so my yeah. kind of mental state was do it now and then it's done yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. It was, but it was so no, but it was so good because you kind of you really were so calming throughout and like your presence there was just your energy was amazing like the language that you use it was not loads of language sure. so it didn't like overcomplicate what was the knowledge and the I guess the language that was going in because it was so intense being in such a you know freezing environment yeah but yeah so that was just like a really and then the music as well like I absolutely love music for me is like so healing yeah. so the, the music that you chose throughout the whole course was was so cool um Oh, and you. I thought that I thought that was like an amazing it felt super spiritual and like I was on some sort of nuts journey and it was great yeah <laughs> oh brilliant yeah as we say you're getting high on your own supply like yeah yeah exactly. stuff, right? you gotta feel that good yeah um, oh that's beautiful um, yeah no I, and and you know going back to the 60 plus point like being 60 years yeah. old focusing on your health there's also this and I, and I have the same conversation with my mom over time which is like you hit a certain age and then you think about these things or you think you need to be a certain way. Yeah. So I think a lot of people as they age feel that with age comes less, like less of everything, mm. more moderation. Whereas, yeah. you know, maybe we've come to this a little bit earlier in our lives, looking at health more holistically. It's like, well, actually, yeah, I do want to live to 130 and I want to be like on point and I want to be healthy and I want to feel good and, there's then it's like what are the things you're doing to help you get into that situation and maybe then not living the more I guess conditioned lives that you know a lot of us face yeah 
like retirement's another thing that really gets to me. It's like, oh, yeah. the amount of stories you hear, unfortunately, of people who retire and then are hit with bad illness, hit with death. You know, like, is that the real right way to be enjoying life and lust for life and the journey and, you oh, know, doing new experiences and things like that? So, yeah, it's a really interesting point. The, um, the retirement part, I know we're digressing slightly, well, we'll go back, but it's interesting because my mum's been like basically working and working and working and working and working and working. And like, we had this conversation, we walked around the park this morning and I was talking to her about like at what stage in her life she was. Um, but she'd just been like, okay, five more months and then I've saved enough money to like have my own pension before, you know, and then I can enjoy my life. I was like, okay, great. So retirement came around and now she's like, I don't know what to do with myself. I am not happy. And I'm just like, yeah. fine. Okay. And so now she's looking for part-time jobs and I'm like, okay, fine. If that's going to help you in the moment right now, then do it. But like, I kind of said to her, it's just, you're just putting a plaster on the issue. The mm. issue is that you can't be in your own company and there's things that you probably haven't dealt with. And you know, that's, that may come across like a little bit woke from like my end. I'm like half her age and I'm like lecturing my mom and it's not yeah. going to be like that. But I think, how maybe, you know, the younger generation are coming to these, like this clarity earlier on is because the the technical, like there's basically Instagram, Facebook, whatever we've kind of been and like fast paced, I guess, environments along with technology, people are burning out quicker. Whereas like, you know, in our parents' generation, it was, you know, you have a landline and then you say to someone, I'll meet you there at this time and you trust that they're going to be there. Yeah. But now it's not only that, it's like, oh, okay, that person hasn't turned up, but then I can see on Instagram that they've actually met another person and wow, that makes me feel bad. And then you've just got all of these, like, without even leaving the house, you know, like what a hundred other people on your like following list on your social media channels are doing and people that you've never met before as well. So I think that's, yeah, you're just coming like this at heightened kind of cortisol again um, and then people are burning out and then I think we're just coming to realizations earlier but for our parents generations I personally think it's like retirement age when it's you know you finally your body like is stopping for once in its life and then as you say health conditions come up depression can come up like feeling lost can come up yeah lonely and that's another, yeah, it's another interesting topic. But anyways, we won't go too much into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, something I wanted to touch on before we kind of finish off and, and go into your guided breathing session. Um, I found the breathing session that we did, because I've done, I did all the Wim Hof breathing, like um, guided during uh, the pandemic. That really helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did it with you. And it was like a whole different ball game and I'm not sure whether it was like your instruction the music but then also it was the fact that it was group breathing and it was like the whole room um was just like electric with energy it was just like you could feel it and when everyone came out everyone was just like whoa you know so can you just quickly like I guess recap on your experiences of group breathing and why is it so powerful? Why is it more more powerful than doing it on your own? Yeah, no, really. And thanks for sharing like how you felt because I I get to witness that. Yeah, like such a blessing. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, and then to your point earlier, like people change, mm. like how they you know you're deconstructed a bit at that point. Ego is gone, etc. Um, but I think yeah, like group breath work. Obviously, there's a group energy. And again, because it's about reconnecting, 
I feel that that electricity is literally reconnected through people. Mm. Um, you know, and our job as instructors, obviously, number one, to definitely create a safe zone because through deeper breath work, you know, there can definitely be emotional change and things that need to be let out of the body, which is perfectly natural, but perfectly unnatural to most of us because, you know, we're also covered up. Yeah. Um, and then it's also, I think, this element of, you know, people are there for various different reasons, but people have shown up to that point. So it's almost like there's this leveling and this grounding. So it's like a perfect potion mix of like energy, wanting to be there, wanting to gain something, just electrical current all fizzing up. Um, my experience with it, and the first time I actually did it was in Poland again at my training academy, where there was 40 of us, and we had instructors who have been instructing for about six to eight years guide us through. And it was like we were all holding hands. Wow. Like we were all physically connected, but then it was obviously way deeper than that spiritually. Mm. And the first group breast session I did that first morning, uh, it triggered something in me, uh, something I thought I dealt with. And that was from two racist, racism events that happened to me growing up, one when I was about 12, 13, wow. and then one when I was at university. And some words later on, it triggered that in me through this group breathwork, whatever it had fizzled up mm. to the point where post the breathwork, I just started crying. Wow. And I never cry, mm. you know, and I hadn't, I do, I mean, I do cry now more through the method and, and, you know, I'm more emotionally aware, but I never cried in that kind of group setting. Uh, and it was so alien to me, you know, you, first thing you do, you start to wipe your tears and you want to stop it. But luckily, uh, an instructor grabbed my hand. And he said, hey, man, just, let, just let it be. Like, this is what the body needs. Wow. And it just kind of poured out. And you saw it in so many other people. Didn't know what it was, but stuff is just coming out of the body, the entity that you're in, mm. uh, for whatever reason, to help you maybe think about things, help you deal with things, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, for me, like, it's extremely powerful mm. to have that. I think when you do it alone, it... it you know, and I do it alone every day in the morning. It definitely is a different spiritual effect. Yeah. But biologically, neurologically, it's doing the same thing, which is amazing. Yeah. So which, whichever way you grab it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's like the only way I could describe it. And, you know, there probably isn't the right framing or wording or whatever for what is going on because it's so subconscious. I I yeah, you, ca you can't but describe you just, it. Yeah. You can't yeah. describe it. That's the thing. It's, yeah. It's stunning. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. And like, honestly, when I was like, at that point, I think it was like round four or round five, I was like, felt like I was like floating. And then I started having like visualizations and like, there was like a really prominent, like third eye just floating wow. around. And it was like, yeah, it was so cool. It was, it was really, really good. Um, yeah. So anyways, so for you listeners, um, I know you're probably wanting to hear, you know, what all of this kind of breathing is is about so to finish on we're going to have Ravi do a, a guided breathing session for you all and I'll let him take it away great thank you uh, so guys if you want to just get comfortable you know recommend either lying down if you're listening to this podcast or maybe if you're seated uh, just get in comfortable position start to lightly close over the eyes 
just start to invite a nice deep breath in in through the nose into the mouth it doesn't matter just get a nice deep breath into the body and then just release the breath again through the nose through the mouth doesn't matter for this round right now just gonna allow the body to sink in maybe a little bit of movement is needed in the body just to get a bit more comfortable as you lightly close over your eyes now what I'd like you to do is put one hand on the heart area, on the chest area, one hand on the belly. What we're going to try and do is through the nose is invite a nice deep breath in. Really try and expand that belly and that chest and then let it go in a natural way just through the mouth. Just repeat that in through the nose, belly rise, out through the mouth, belly fall. And that is gonna be our deep diaphragmatic breath. And one round of Wim Hof method breathing, we're gonna repeat that inhale and exhale 30 times and I'm gonna guide you through that. And we're gonna end the round on a breath hold. So again, if you just want to make sure your eyes are lightly closed over, we invite a nice deep breath in, fully in, through the nose, and let it go, just in a nice natural way, through the mouth. As you get to the bottom of that breath, fully in again, and let it go. Fully in again through the nose, expanding that belly, letting it go with a nice long exhale. If you feel at any time, just repeating this breath in through the nose, out through the mouth. Find your own pace. Don't force it. Whatever works for you we start to just lightly charge the body, bringing in oxygen, expelling CO2, fully in, and letting go. Just think of it as gear one, easing into the round. Maybe the body's starting to awaken a little bit, a bit more movement in the belly and the chest just as you keep those full deep inhales. And just let it go through a nice open mouth. Feel free to make any sounds, any sighs as you exhale. And on the inhale, just trying to grab as much oxygen as you can through that nice deep inhale. And exhaling just to a nice neutral position in the belly as we continue the breathing. Wim Hof breathing, round one, gear one, just easing into it. And as you continue that breathing for a few more, what's starting to happen in the body, starting to elevate oxygen levels, starting to slowly expel carbon dioxide levels in turn starting to kind of supercharge the body a little bit, 
you may start to find a little bit of sensation coming in the hands, the ears, the feet. It's all natural. It's all meant to be in that sense. Just let it be. It's probably showing you actually a good awareness of the body coming out of the mind. We're going to take the last 10 breaths in here together. So wherever you are, just finishing on a nice exhale. And take a nice deep breath fully in through the nose, belly rise, letting it go. Taking another breath in and let it go. Great work through round one. Last eight breaths fully in. You can stick to my voice pace or find your own pace, but keep it in gear one, fully out. Fully in again. Letting it go. Last five breaths now, fully in. Let it go. Last four, fully in. Let it go. Last three now, fully in. Let it go. Last two now, give it your best. Fully in as much as you can. And letting it go. Wherever you are now, taking your last full breath in as much as you can. Fully in, fully in. Exhaling, exhaling the breath, exhaling. And as you finish your exhale, I want you to hold your breath. Hold your breath at this point. We're gonna pause here. And just relax into this. So no more breathing. Just have that long exhale where we're now holding the breath and just sink into this. We've got a ton of oxygen in the body, less CO2. Just start to sink into this feeling. Relax the shoulders. Bring awareness to the body. We're just going to hold our breath together for a short period of time, allowing the body to start to de-stress, start to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. Doing really great. Gonna keep it a few more seconds here. Wim Hof breathing, round one, eased into it. And in five, four, three, two, one. Together, let's take a nice deep inhale through the nose as much as you can. This is called the reset, recharge breath and hold. Hold the breath there. Getting more oxygen in the body again. Just for another five seconds, hold the breath there. In four, three, two, one. Just let it all out. Let it out with a nice open mouth. Just sigh it all away. Just let it go. Just 
as you start to bring your awareness back to the breath. That is Wim Hof, Fundamentals Breathing, Round One. If you want to continue it, proceed just doing the same 30 inhales and exhales. Still in gear one, maybe you bring it up to gear two for the next round. And just remembering on that 30th exhale is when we hold the breath. Hold it without force. Feel what's natural to the body. And when you feel you need to breathe, grab that one last breath in through the nose. Hold again for another 10 to 15 seconds and then exhale. And that is another round complete of the breathing. Thank you so, thank you so much, uh, Ravi. Um, I feel like, yeah, it's been, it's been, I feel like if we first kind of had an amazing conversation over the phone and then I did your course and now the podcast yeah. and I feel like I know you so well now. <laughs> I know, likewise. I was just thinking that as I was talking to you, I was like, Emily's someone I want to hang out with. <laughs> I know, totally. So, yeah, love to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd love that. And now again, thank you so much for coming to the workshop and just leaning in um it's so beautiful like to witness you christian your friend Faye, like all coming together for it um and honestly just so grateful for this and for the time yeah and your, no, your podcast your platform like really really happy to be a part of it so thank you thank you it's a pleasure to have you take care ravi thank you so much yeah, thank you bye bye, bye. bye. I hope from this you've gained a clearer perspective on how beneficial it can be to expose ourselves more to the cold, along with relearning how to properly breathe. I found meeting Ravi an experience I'll never forget, and it just goes to show that although you might not be happy in the current situation you are in, the smallest of changes in your daily routine can really help to make each day that little bit more bearable, until you find the clarity to understand which direction is best to take for your overall happiness and health. These small changes need to be realistic, otherwise we won't incorporate them into our daily lives. From Ravi's guidance, I'm now doing the breathwork in bed in the morning and working my way up reluctantly each day from five seconds in a cold shower. And this seems much more attainable. Hopefully from listening to this, some of you will implement this into your daily routine and see the positive results. Do let us know if you do. We'd love to hear how you get on. You can reach out on our socials at Moody Girl Official and at Ravi Moda, which is spelt R-A-V-I-M-O-D-H-A. If you've enjoyed listening to the Moody Girl podcast, please hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And it would be so appreciated if you gave the podcast a review. For socials, please follow at Moody Girl Official for all updates along with our website, moody-girl.co.uk. See you next time.